Welcome back. We are continuing to cover this breaking news. Just into CBS 46, we can confirm the missing Clark Atlanta student has been found dead in DeKalb County. 21-year-old Alexis Crawford was last seen on October 30th at her apartment near the campus. Our sources are telling us that her body was found at Exchange Park in Decatur. I'm CBS anchor Karen Greer, and you're listening to CSI Atlanta, the podcast. Each episode, I'll take you on a deep dive of some of Georgia's most fascinating criminal cases, alongside CBS 46 crime scene investigator extraordinaire Cheryl Mack McCollum. One week before the body of Alexis Crawford was found, her family had reported her missing. They pleaded for her to come home and for the public to help locate her. I hope God's walking with you and... And please prevent any evil that comes her way. I think you live in God, I pray that wherever Alexis is, you will touch her. Droves of volunteers joined in the search for the 21-year-old Clark Atlanta University student. All anybody knew was that Alexis was last seen by her roommate and fellow Clark student Jordan Jones. According to the missing persons report, Alexis had spoken to her sister on the phone in the early evening of October 30th. Jordan told the police she and Alexis then went to a liquor store around 1130. And the roommate says, well, yeah, we got back home. I went to bed and when I woke up, the deadbolt was locked, but she wasn't here. And I looked in the bedroom and looked on the sofa where she had been sleeping and I don't know where she's at. Her phone, ID and debit card were missing. Left in the apartment were Alexis's keys and cell phone charger. What resonated with me is she made the point of saying, and her charger. Like, you wouldn't even notice that. You might look, oh, the cell phone's gone, but you don't look and notice the charger to mention it. So I thought, that's weird. Keys are in the house, and you said the deadbolt was locked. She couldn't have done that from the other side of that door without that key. So now you're telling me whoever kidnapped that child has got keys to y'all's apartment. Well, your suspect pool shrinks pretty good now, honey. The other thing that seemed weird is the people that were doing the outreach, that were talking about her and saying, hey, come out and volunteer, we're gonna search for her, was everybody at that school but her roommate. Jordan added she and Alexis had not been as close as they used to be, and they recently had a falling out in their friendship. Instead of joining the search, Jordan returned to her parents' home in Detroit, Michigan. She posted on her Instagram account about the search, writing, quote, This is obviously a difficult time for me right now, and I just feel helpless. My heart is really hurting right now, end quote. She went on to call people childish for harassing her and urged her critics to put their energy into the search for her missing friend. Police searched the apartment. They interviewed friends and classmates. They released pictures of Alexis at the liquor store the night she was last seen. They tried to zero in on what happened in the last hours, days, and weeks before she went missing. That search led them to a police report dated October 27, 2019, five days before Alexis disappeared. The report involves Alexis, Jordan, and Jordan's boyfriend, 21-year-old Baron Brantley. 
According to the report, Jordan and an unnamed woman took Alexis to Atlanta's Grady Memorial Hospital, where Alexis requested a rape kit. Alexis said she had been drinking at the apartment with Jordan and Barron. After Jordan went to bed, Alexis went into the bathroom, where Barron allegedly followed her and forced himself on her. Jordan, who is listed as a witness in the report, told the police she saw Barron walk out of the bathroom, leaving Alexis on the floor, passed out with just her bra on. Police collected a pair of cut underwear and Alexis's sheets and comforter to be tested as part of the rape investigation. Why would you think, and you had a theory for this as well, Jordan would take her roommate to Grady? To find out what she's going to tell him. I believe the boyfriend told her, you go with her and make sure she don't say shit. Right? So she's going to go so she can report back to him. Oh, man, she told him everything. She said it was you. Or she went through with the rape kit. Her mother told police Alexis had called her after she reported the alleged rape, saying she was afraid to sleep in her bedroom after that night. So you have a grown woman who wants to sleep on the sofa. Now, what does that tell you, right? So she wants to be as close to her roommate as she is the front door. So that, to me, is a big factor, that she didn't feel safe because she didn't want to be locked in that room. The case has come to one of the saddest conclusions possible and has been absolutely heartbreaking. November 8th, more than a week since anyone saw or heard from Alexis, and nearly two weeks after she reported the sexual assault, Atlanta Police Chief Erica Shields announced the department recovered Alexis's body in a park just outside of Atlanta. Our investigators were led to the location by one of the suspects and to Alexis's family our hearts go out to you. I am so truly sorry that we could not provide you with a better ending. Now, Chief Shields, very emotional once that Alexis's body was found. What's going through her mind as a law enforcement? Well, she had met and gotten to know the family over that period of time. And I don't think you could watch her mama or her five siblings without just seeing their heartbreak. And once Alexis's mama and her daddy and several of her siblings started talking, I mean, good Lord, you could just look right in their chest and see their heart breaking. This was a child that they loved. She was the baby. I mean, her mama even said any room she would walk in, she'd sit in your lap and still hug on you. I mean, good Lord. She was fixing to graduate from college. She was right there to be whatever it was she was going to be. And it was taken because somebody heard her and she was going to tell. So that's the motive in your, in your mind? In my personal opinion, yes. Because all of this started to go very, very badly and really horrifically, tragically wrong after the sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So because of that, they were ready to kill her. Here's the deal. He cannot go to prison for rape if there's no victim. So they got rid of the victim.
Baron Brantley and Jordan Jones were arrested. It was Baron who confessed and led investigators to the site where they dumped Alexis's body. What was it about this case that helped it not go cold? I believe that the videotape, the timeline did not make sense to anybody. So they had her there in the liquor store. From the liquor store to the apartment was a certain period of time of driving. And you say, after midnight, you don't know what happened. Well, they pull videotape. Alexis never leaves that apartment, ever. But the roommate does, and the boyfriend does. According to Jordan and Barron's statements to police, Jordan and Alexis came home from the liquor store and got into an argument. The fight became physical, and Barron, who was in the apartment, got involved. As Barron strangled Alexis with his bare hands, Jordan used a black trash bag to suffocate her. The couple put Alexis's body in a plastic storage bin and dumped it in a park. Looking at the facts of the case, Mac believes there's a chance Barron and Jordan planned the attack. This is more of my personal theory. Why would they say, oh, we had a physical fight? Why would they say that? Right. Here's why. You ever watch somebody losing their breath or somebody that thinks they're drowning? How do they act? They flail around, right? Mm -hmm. They fight with everything they've got because they are literally dying. They are fighting for their life. They were scratched. They were bruised. They had to have an excuse for that. So what transpired that changed things? They'd been roommates for about two years. They were friends. Well, now all of a sudden the roommate's saying, we fell out. We well, aren't speaking anymore. Remember when we talked to Honey Malone's mama and she said, well, not everybody's a true friend. Okay, listen to me, ladies. <laughs> Just because somebody's your roommate for two years does not make her your friend. Her boyfriend, that don't make him nothing to you. So be clear. So I don't know what transpired, but I do know, I don't know what transpired before that, but I can tell you what happened after. This is my personal opinion. Okay. My personal opinion is after that sexual assault, they devised a plan to keep him out of prison for rape. Mm. I do not believe they were having an argument. I don't believe that at all. I don't. I believe they lured that child to the liquor store so that he could make entry into that apartment. When they got back, he was already there. They killed her. They put her body in the crate. They drove her to DeKalb County, left her in that park, and that was it. And then... The devil that they were went to a Halloween party. How does this happen that your best friend of a couple years you've been rooming with, your buddy, you just are done with them and you take the side of your boyfriend? How many women are in prison right now because they held the drugs, they got rid of the gun, they did something for their man who was the criminal? I mean, it happens. It happens all the time. It's, it's an old story. If your sentence ever starts that way, I got a DUI because of him. I got a charge of shoplifter because of him. I got a charge of aggravated assault because of him. 
and let me just say for the record, he ain't never going to be worth it. He ain't Matthew McConaughey, right? He ain't Mr. October. If he is willing to let you go to jail or prison, that tells you right there, he ain't even loyal to you. Alexis was laid to rest on November 16th in Athens, Georgia. Her casket covered in a mound of white roses. Her parents and siblings clung to each other as they listened to the many reflections on Alexis's life, making known the hole her loss would leave in their hearts. Me and Lex used to sit in the room and talk about what we gonna do when we get older. And we used to talk about our dreams. On Monday, Alexis texted me, all this is in God's plan. It'll work out for me. Praying it will. After this text, I remember acknowledging the strength and the love Alexis carried in her heart. In the week since, Barron and Jordan have been charged with malice murder. Prosecutors say analysis of the rape kit found Barron's DNA inside Crawford's body. The couple remains in jail as they await trial. Is there anything anyone could have done to prevent Alexis's murder? Here's the thing, Karen. Hindsight, right? And I'm sure that her family is gonna spend the rest of their days, why didn't we force her to come home? Why didn't we go get her? Why didn't we sleep on the sofa while she's in her bedroom? It's nobody's fault but two people. That's it. Jordan Jones. And Baron Brantley. That's it. Next time on CSI Atlanta. If any young person thinks Billy Bird's a hero, how wrong are you? He's my hero because he's my daddy, and he's a hero as a daddy, but he's a cold-blooded murderer. Until then, subscribe to CSI Atlanta, the podcast, and check out our full stories on CBS46.com. CSI Atlanta is brought to you by CBS46, WGCL in Atlanta, Georgia. This podcast is hosted by me, Karen Greer, and CBS 46 crime scene investigator Cheryl Mack McCullum. This episode produced by Rhiannon Youngbauer and Natasha Lee. Sound design by Ray Merriman. <laughs>